from the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast. This is Ag Day. They're the workhorses of the farm, but can you still get a deal on them? Machinery Pete has the latest on trucks, some hopeful signs in this month's Ag Economist Monthly Monitor. Although inflation's still a problem, maybe less so than it uh, uh, we would have thought. As U.S. dairy producers suffer a hit when it comes to getting product into Canada. What it is more impactful than anything is the fact that Canada can get away uh, once again. Reaction right now on Ag. Good morning, I'm Clint Griffiths. It's being seen as a blow to America's dairy producers. A trade dispute settlement panel rejecting a U.S. complaint that Canada is improperly limiting access to its dairy market. That panel set up to look at the issue under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. Ag Day's Michelle Rook joins me. Michelle, what's the next step for U.S. producers? Currently, U.S. dairy groups are working with the United States Trade Representative's Office as well as USDA to look at all of their legal options to address Canada's continued harmful actions that are depressing dairy imports. The ruling by the USMCA dispute panel is a disappointment to the U.S. dairy industry. Although dairy market access for the U.S. was small, this allows Canada to restrict what the U.S. negotiated in the trade pact. The decision also weakens the agreement's value to the U.S. dairy industry, allowing Canada to not play by the rules. What it is more impactful than anything is the fact that Canada can get away uh, once again with uh, negotiating an outcome and then renegotiating by legal terms to avoid uh, compliance. Dairy groups are now looking at possible recourse to allow full use and value of USMCA's dairy TRQs for American dairy producers and processors. At the end of the day, we, the private sector, there is very little we can do. So we're going to have to rely on our government to take further actions against Canada. What those actions are going to be are still, um, we need to actually see the number of different options. Because it's not only the market access side, but Canada is also dumping their product. House Ag Committee leadership also reacted negatively to the announcement. Chairman Glenn G.T. Thompson and Ranking Member David Scott released a statement saying, quote, We are disappointed in the decision of the dispute panel. It's critical the U.S. encourage and enforce USMCA, and this decision allows Canada to continue their questionable protectionist practices that disallow fair access to Canadian markets. We appreciate Ambassador Tai and the Biden administration's continued pursuit to ensure fair market access for U.S. dairy producers, end quote. In January of 2022, an earlier panel ruled that Canada had improperly restricted U.S. access to its market. In response, Canada made insufficient changes to its dairy tariff rate quota, which resulted in this second case in decision that Canada was not obligated to make further changes. I'm Michelle Rook reporting for Ag Day. All right, thanks, Michelle. As commodity prices were sinking earlier this fall, sentiments across ag economists also continue to drop. But as Farm Journal's Tyne Morgan tells us, the latest Ag Economist Monthly Monitor has some optimism to share. After two consecutive months of waning ag economic outlooks, economists' views took a turn in the November Ag Economist's Monthly Monitor. 
So I see out of this monitor this month that we're seeing a lot more positives than we've seen for the last couple of months. University of Missouri ag economist Scott Brown helps author the monthly monitor survey each month. He says as commodity prices have seen some momentum, outlooks among economists are now shifting. We saw a number of respondents now more positive, maybe the most positive we've been since we started uh, our estimates for 24-25, for uh, both corn and soybeans continue to move higher. So more, more positive news this month. That positivity also boosted net farm income estimates. The monthly monitor focused on 2024 this month, and ag economists now expect a big spike month over month in net farm income forecasts for the new year. Uh, farm income uh, estimates were raised almost $5 billion tied for 2024 uh, relative uh, to what we would have said in, in October. And I think that just resonates as you look at higher estimates of corn prices, higher estimates of soybean prices. Things just look a little better than where we were a couple of months ago. So what's driving improved outlooks in the farm economy? Well, the biggest factor right now seems to be Brazil. So I think on the corn side of the equation, uh, seeing some, some potential sales to China, uh, as well as then just the dry weather in Brazil, I think has a lot to do with it. The latest USDA report pegged Brazil's corn production at 129 million metric tons. But according to the monthly monitor, that estimate may be too optimistic. Our survey of, of the economists would have suggested 126 and a half right now. Um, we did have you know, some answering very near that 129 and others saying 125. So I think it's a combination of whether A, as well as economics, not all that great, that uh, is leading to some lower estimates. This month's survey also asked ag economists to rank the health of the farm economy by geography. The strongest region of the country? Well, according to economists who were surveyed, it's the Midwest. I think we ended up with especially better corn yields than anybody would have thought. Um, maybe soybean yields not even as bad as some would have suggested. And then again, cattle uh, still being very positive there. Economists are still concerned, though, about how interest rates could negatively impact agriculture over the next 12 months. But for the first time since the survey was introduced, economists now view interest rates as a possible positive over the next year. The news that we seem to be getting right now is, uh, although inflation's still a problem, maybe less so than it uh, uh, we would have thought. Uh, so perhaps we're, we're getting near the end of interest rate increases. I even see some out there suggesting we could get lower interest rates as we get into 2024. While crop prices turn more positive, economists are also still bullish cattle. Uh, we are talking about an industry that continues to talk about record or near record, and perhaps in early 2024, we get back to record prices yet again. Optimism on cattle and an elevated outlook for net farm income as a whole. Both were bright spots in the Ag Economist Monthly Monitor survey as we start to wrap up 2023. A NOAA climate scientist says snowfalls declining around the world and it's due to warmer temperatures. He says there has been a 2.7% drop in annual snowfall since 1973. The areas in orange on this map, the scientists say, show that drop, especially in the area north of the tropics and south of the Arctic. A uh, major concern from this trend the scientist sees is the potential impact on water supplies from melting snowpack. Meanwhile, heavy lake effect snows expected in the Great Lakes. Meteorologist Matt Engelbrecht joins us. And Matt, in other areas, the story is a big cold snap. 
Yeah, we'll start off taking a look at the uh, snowfall estimate, and, and as you mentioned, mainly the Great Lakes. Uh, that lake effect snow machine starting to crank up. So uh, we take this uh, through the next couple of days with that northwest flow. Uh, you can see anybody to the southeast of the Great Lakes is where some of that snow will start to pile up. Uh, northwest flow, northwest wind stays in the forecast through Tuesday and then starts to shift more out of the area. Not only the wind, but the overall pattern starts to shift away from lake effect snow as we get into Wednesday and also into Thursday. And then uh, things will actually start to heat up across the nation. We'll talk more about that in just a second. Go ahead and take a look at your screen here. This is up in Montana. Nellie sending this beautiful picture in here. The sun not quite going down, but uh, it is out there. Uh, meanwhile, we're going to be keeping an eye on exactly what's going on regarding the harvest. Folks are continuing to wrap it up. Nelly of Montana says they were blessed with their dryland corn acres this year with two hybrids averaging over 130 bushels to the acre. I'll have more on your forecast coming up. Well, December corn and Chicago wheat dipped to near three year lows on Monday. We'll dig into the markets coming up next. And later, new truck prices are turning heads. But what about used trucks at auction? Machinery Pete is on the hunt for a good deal in the country. And don't forget to sign up for the Case IH Holiday Giveaway. Each lucky winner will get a Case IH prize pack full of great gifts. Now, one lucky winner will be drawn each day from Monday, December 18th through Friday, December 22nd. We'll announce those winners right We'll announce those winners right here on Ag Day. Then the grand prize winner will be announced on U.S. Farm Report on December 23rd and 24th. And they'll win a Farmall Seed Pedal Tractor. To enter, head to the website on your screen, KSIHHOLIDAYGIVEAWAY.COM. Ag Day, presented by Pioneer. What's next happens when blood, sweat, and tears meet rain, wind, and sun. Pioneer, what's next happens here. Some key wheat growing areas seeing some rain, and while that's good news for the crop, it pushed wheat futures down to start the week. Ag Day's Michelle Rook is back with more in Markets Now. Graded livestock markets closing in the red on Monday. Uh, Chuck Shelby, Risk Management Commodities, is joining us. And Chuck, it felt like a commodity-wide sell-off. Was there anything that sparked it? I, I don't see much of anything when it was across the board between the grains and livestock. I know there was a little bit of uh, rain in South America and the beans kind of reacting negatively came back around, but it was across the boards here. It just seems like as we enter the end of the month that uh, there's more selling going on. Uh, I think the world problems with the two conflicts going on uh, kind of makes the market uneasy and uh, it was an easier pathway to sell about every commodity out there today. And specifically looking at corn and many of the wheat contracts, we hit some new lows. And so where do we need to hold here next? Where do we find support? Well, I think uh, the 450 area in the December corn is going to be critical. We might take a shot at dipping below there. There are still farmers who have uh, basis contracts and hedge arrives that need to be either uh, priced out or rolled into December. So I think that's a target. Uh, over in the wheat, I think... Uh, $5 is still possibly a target of the Chicago December. Uh, Kansas City is under six, but uh, around six is a is a target of the market. So we're certainly at the lower end of ranges. We've seen a lot of selling pressure since last Friday. Uh, there's a point out here, I believe, we're running out of sellers, but uh, today wasn't the day. Yeah. So corn and wheat actually did see some of that forced hedge pressure then. Yes, I think so. 
Absolutely. What about the soybean market? It held up a little bit better than the corn and wheat market. Are we still just trying to hold a little bit of Brazilian weather premium there? Yeah, it's some rain down there, but uh, you have to look at the fact that their soils just don't hold uh, moisture like uh, the Corn Belt states here do in the United States. So uh, some rain, uh, but not enough to really solve the problem. They're behind on planting. So uh, when you look at that and you work, look at world fundamentals and U.S. carryouts, we're still much tighter. We've been able to make some uh, better export sales in beans. So I think the bean market went down and tested some support areas, fended uh, that off and came back a little bit towards the close, down just a little bit. So I think beans are still in play. I think the bean market can still have opportunity to move forward maybe as we get into next week. Yeah, hopefully we'll start seeing some recovery. Thanks so much, Chuck Shelby, Risk Management Commodities. We'll have more Ag Day coming up. Ag Day is sponsored by Germinator Steel Closing Wheels. Perfected in conventional, excels in no-till. Order your Germinator Closing Wheels today. that snowpack is found not a huge snowpack but where it is located that that's also where we're starting to see some of the colder temperatures hang around and so for this afternoon a temperature struggling to get back into the 30s through a good portion of the nation but warming up back here towards the west and that's going to be kind of the theme going into December both December 1st 2nd and 3rd anticipate some warmer than average temperatures morning lows in the 40s up into St. Louis 29 in Chicago 24 in Omaha for the overnight temperatures. Uh, we're going to be in the 20s for some locations and then the afternoon back above freezing for a large portion of the nation. Now you got uh, parts of New York, of course, with that snow, it's going to be tough uh, to break above freezing. About 33 in Rochester, 30 uh, up there in, Mo in Maine and then more of the 40s building back out towards the west. So again, one thing that you're going to see on this map is a lot of red above average conditions with that temperature outlook between December 2nd and December 6th. And now keep in mind, this isn't like the middle of summer where an above average temperature that puts you in the 70s or 80s above average temperatures, typically about maybe five or not. 10 degrees above average for your location for this time of year. This is the greatest potential of seeing those above average temperatures where you start to see more of those darker colors. And that includes parts of the southeast as well. So what's going on with the jet stream is we have that pool, that pocket of cold air that's going to be lifting up to the northeast. Ridge of high pressure starting to build in on Thursday back into the southeast. And also just kind of a nice little piece of energy that tries to come through, but it really doesn't do much to drag cold air down. So we see pretty quiet conditions across the United States, maybe a weak clipper system Saturday and into Sunday. Otherwise, in the long term, uh, it's more about that cold air staying locked up to the north and above average temperatures starting to show up with this ridge here and this ridge there uh, coming up Monday and Tuesday of next week. We'll start off with Oxford, Connecticut, partly cloudy high around 34 degrees low of 23. Ohm. No, that's not um, it's Ohm, Montana. Sunny, high around 51, low of 30. And then Williston, sunny, high of 43, low of 18 degrees. The Biden administration is allocating millions of dollars to address methane emissions from California's dairy cows. Now it's offering up 
Two grants totaling more than $44 million, $21 million for California dairies, and almost $23 million to the Dairy Farmers of America. Now, these funds are intended for the creation of feed additives that can reduce methane emissions from cows. There are also carbon credits being offered to incentivize farmers to adopt climate-focused changes. Now, California has set a goal of reducing methane emissions in the dairy industry by 40% by the year 2030. And monitoring cow health in the future may no longer involve wires, chips, or batteries of any kind. A team of Irish researchers unveiling something new. Now take a look. Our news gathering partners over at dairyherd.com reporting on this wireless sensing technology. The researchers at Vista Milk saying the system has two parts, a transmitter that sends out radio waves and a receiver tag that accepts the signals and reflects radio waves back to the reader. With the help of a scanner using a data processing unit and AI, the results are then interpreted and uploaded to the cloud where farmers can access them on the internet with their cell phones. As you can see, the receiver tag is inert and flexible. Developers say it could be potentially formed into ear tags, udder tags, or skin patches. They can be used to monitor an animal's body temperature, movement, hydration, and general well-being. And technology and the future of the dairy industry will be the focus this week at the annual Milk Business Conference. Now, it's taking place starting today at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. Farm Journal's Tyne Morgan will be there, so if you can't be there in person, look for coverage all this week on Ag Day and this weekend on U.S. Farm Report. Now, the pandemic made a mess of supply chains, including for work trucks. Up next, we'll see what Machinery Pete is finding at auction for truck prices in the country. And wouldn't a toy tractor or two look good under the tree? Don't forget to sign up for the Case IH Holiday Giveaway. Each lucky winner will get that Case IH prize pack full of great gifts like a mini replica tracker and more. One lucky winner will be drawn each day from Monday, December 18th through Friday, December 22nd. We'll announce those winners right here on Ag Day. Then that grand prize winner will be announced on U.S. Farm Report on December 23rd and 24th. They'll win a Farm All C 100th anniversary pedal tractor. To enter, head over to the website on your screen, caseihholidaygiveaway.com. seems every farm has at least one of them, and in many cases, you can't work without one. Today, Machinery Pete is talking trucks. All right, folks, today let's talk trucks. I think a lot of times people forget maybe at our MachineryPete.com website, our auction price is trucks, uh, one of the biggest categories we've been compiling over three decades. Now, I, I threw a note on our Machinery Pete Facebook page last week about Peterbilt. We're pushing 500 auction prices so far this year, and one that caught my eye recently was this baby. This sold November 15th on a consignment auction in Philadelphia, Mississippi. It was a 24 model Peterbilt 389X, unused. Sold for $252,500. Now if we transition over to pickups, let's zero in on Fords. And man, we've seen a couple nice ones recently. Just last Tuesday, November 21st, on a farm auction in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Uh, sailed by Mid-American Auction Company. This 2019 Ford F-350 Super Duty. Crew cab with 46,696 miles on it, sold for 65,500 bucks. And it was interesting when I posted that on our Facebook page, got a good comment from one of our followers, said, Pete, you know, I think sometimes on these pickup trucks sold on farm auctions, they actually sell for more money than they do off the dealer lot. And that's a good comment. I think, you know, when they're on a, a one owner farm auction where all the equipment is well cared for, that 
tells you that pickup's going to be A1 condition too. And I know last month, back uh, October 14th, we saw another strong auction price on a Ford. It was October 14th in Napanee, Indiana, sailed by Han Auctioneers, the 17 model Ford F250 Platinum Super Duty Crew Cab Diesel, 50,100 miles on it, went for 66,000 bucks. Now, if we talk high-end collector pickups, I gotta leave you with one, folks. This was back from February this year, Greensboro, North Carolina, a 1966 Ford F-250, a full custom high-end build. This baby went for $162,000. All right, thanks, Pete. And that's all the time we have this morning. We're sure glad you tuned in from all of us here at Ag Day. Have a great day.